This is the Athletic Football Show. Welcome to the Athletic Football Show. I'm Robert Mays. Joining me today, two guys, two better guys I could not imagine having with this conversation with. First of all, my good buddy, Nate Tice. Nate, how you doing, bud? I'm doing very well. I have a hot and fresh in and out order downstairs right now that I was running around doing some errands, you know, actually maybe potentially picking out an outfit for the draft show next month. Who knows? Maybe at a Macy's or something like that. And yeah, the trade happened. I thought it was a fake tweet. And it was not a fake tweet. It was actually very real. And here we are. I'm very excited to talk about this. I'm really happy Dane's here, too. Also joining us to help break down every single draft angle imaginable with this, our good buddy, Dane Brugor. Dane, thanks for doing this, man. Of course. My first reaction was uh, to text you and ask if you had written your thank you note to Lovey and Davis Mills. And what a domino that has turned out to be. And we have not, we're not done yet feeling uh, the after effects of that domino. So it's, it's fascinating. I love that you were being a good friend and texting me about how I was feeling. And I immediately was a shitty friend and made you work on a Friday night. <laughs> so I appreciate yeah. you very much, very much, sir. I was live in studio on ESPN 1000 radio with their drive time show, Waddle and Sylvie, who I love. And Sylvie's sitting in his chair and he goes, is this real? Is this the Rappaport tweet real? And I'm like, uh, what is happening right now? And then I opened my Twitter and my phone was just melting with mm. all of the notifications that were rolling in. So here is what we know. The Chicago Bears, let me pull this up. I'm very distracted. Tra- traded the number one pick in the 2023 draft to the Carolina Panthers. In return, they get the ninth pick, the 61st pick, which is in the second round, a first round pick in 2024, a second round pick in 2025, and wide receiver DJ Moore. Nate Tice, your immediate reaction. I the DJ Moore addition is probably the cherry on top for what I think is a very good package coming for this pick. I I think the Bears nailed this. I really do. I think Ryan Poles nailed it. Moving back to nine, you have so many needs. You're gonna find something that works for you as far as the draft, but all the stuff coming back with it. Of course, the 24 first was kind of like inevitable. Whoever was trading for it, that felt like that was probably gonna be part of this deal. But getting DJ Moore. With this receiver class and this receiver market, I, I think that's fantastic as far as age, what the player is. I, I love it. I really do think that the Bears nailed it, and it made sense for the Panthers, who seem like they got to do it. Like they, they seemed like they had marching orders no matter what, uh, that they're going to go for a quarterback. So a lot of this makes sense, but I think the Bears really nailed this trade. Dane, I'm sure you were having conversations about people with people about this at the Combine, what the actual right. package, what the compensation would look like. Is this in the general range of what you thought they might get trading out of number one? I think so. And DJ Moore was a name that came up and uh, Nate and I were actually texting about him earlier today. How <laughs> if the bears were to, if the bears wanted to made it a priority to get a number one or as close to a number one receiver this off season, could they do better than DJ Moore? That might've been their best option at a clear guy that can be our, our number one in our offense, help Justin Fields, take pressure off Mooney and, and Claypool and uh, the rest of the weapons. So uh, for to make a deal at this point in time before free agency, I mean, the timeline's interesting, uh, but the Panthers just said, look, we're not going to, we're going to blow you away with our best offer. We're not going to wait. And you have to imagine that the bears went to the Colts, went to maybe a few other teams that showed interest and said, Hey, can you beat this? Can you, what's your best offer right now? They couldn't beat it. And so going back from one to nine is it's a little bit, it's a big jump, 
But for what they got, I love it. Love it for the Bears. It's, it's, it's an amazing move that is potentially franchise-altering. I always said it was more about the package than it was about how far you were moving down, and yeah. they clearly believed the same thing. The amount that we threw out last week on the show when we were at the Combine was a 2023 second, a 2024 first, and a 2025 first to move outside of the top five. They essentially got that. I mean, yeah. that, that's right in line. If you include DJ Moore, we can talk about the value of that in a second. Yeah. But if we're basing this off of what the Niners traded to the Dolphins, that was a third round pick in the year the trade was happening and two future first round picks. Mm-hmm. It, it's the same. I mean, you're, you're basing it off of essentially the same market for that type of move. And I know it's not two first round picks, but DJ Moore is a real asset. So instead of that 2025 first, you now have a borderline number one receiver. And it's more about the group in general, right? So having Claypool, Moore, Darnell Mooney, now you give Justin Fields a real shot. So my thought always was, can you spend this offseason building up around him enough to leave no doubt in the way that the Dolphins tried to do, in the way that the Eagles tried to do, and then still give yourself flexibility into next year's draft in case he doesn't work out? That's what has happened. Yep. That is what they did with this move. And Nate, when we were talking about it on the show last week, we thought part of the thinking behind getting this done before free agency was that you would know if you landed on pick to trade for a veteran, right. if you do that in the midst of free agency, if you could trade for a DeAndre Hopkins or wide receiver number one X. And instead of that timeline, they just made it part of this trade. Yeah. So I think on so many levels, it makes a ton of sense for what the Bears are trying to accomplish, Nate. It, it does. And the receiver market, again, we, we already just mentioned it. We mentioned it before. But yeah, like even with the DeAndre Hopkins thing, and you think about timeline with players, you feel like you're, it feels like a super rental. Yeah, as far exactly. as, 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 as like, 25 years old. It's, he's hitting the prime right now. And also, as far as his play style, there's great synergy with Justin Fields, as far as Justin Fields loves to push the ball. DJ Moore averaged, I think, his 13 yards A dot last year and has hit that number several times in his career. He was top five in targets of 20 or more air yards last year. He's played in a variety of offenses, a North Turner offense, uh, whatever you want to call Joe Brady's offense. You know, they, He's played in a, a lot of different offenses. He makes sense. He's a useful player. And I think you, you said, yeah, borderline number one. He is a kind of like a middle tier number one, but he's a true number one. You can he, build he, your passing right. game through yeah. him. Yes, that that you, was that was the bar they needed to clear. Can you find yep. a guy that you can build your passing game through as that number one guy That's in the it. progression for your quarterback? And I think they found that guy. Yeah, yeah. and it's not I theory. If, if I called the Panthers and asked that last week and asked them straight up, what would it cost to get DJ Moore? What do you think their answer would be? Probably a first. I think it's right. First? Out, yeah, I mean, so first AJ Brown yeah. went for a first, yeah. right? Yeah, but AJ yeah. Brown needed a new contract. Mm-hmm. So that's another layer to this. I think it's right on the border, probably a first or second round pick, like a late first, mm-hmm. early second, right? You think that's fair? Yeah, I think that's, I think fair. that's fair. So if yeah. you threw that into a trade chart, that gets you your 2025 first overall. Right. Like overall, and you microwave it where you get the guy now. There's, yes. there's no wondering, all right, can we go find a number one receiver? If you look at where those guys were available, the avenues, the best receiver available in free agency was Jacoby Myers. There weren't, mm-hmm. there wasn't that, Jamar Chase-esque talent in this draft. There wasn't even a Garrett Wilson that was worthy of a top 10 pick in this draft. If you look at everything you've done, Dane, everything everyone else has done, this was the avenue to that guy. DJ Moore is on a three-year, $50 million contract with no dead money left on his deal. 
he's getting less on this contract than Christian Kirk got in free agency from the Jaguars. Like <laughs> on so many different levels, I think this makes sense for where the Bears are right now and where they want to go in the future. Yeah, it makes it makes a ton of sense because I think you have to set yourself up for the possibility that Justin Fields doesn't work out. Yes. And I think they did that, but they also gave him help now. And yeah. and if it doesn't work out, they still have DJ Moore uh, you know, next year for whoever the next quarterback is. So they, they were able to straddle both where you're helping Fields, you're helping for 2023, but you also, you know, we know Poles is thinking long-term and he absolutely did that. Nate, yeah. it reminds me a little bit of the deal that the Bills made for Stephon Dix. He right. had just signed that below market extension with the, with the, the Vikings. So they got him. They didn't need to extend him. And if you're looking at the way the wide receiver market even went after that move, you're mm-hmm. looking at the Stefan Diggs contract and thinking this is a bargain. And the Bears potentially have that with DJ Moore. The, we talked he's about already so a bargain much. at what he's shown. And that's playing yes. with Baker Mayfield and mm-hmm. Sam Darnold. Yeah. And other insert quarterback name here. Like now imagine, yeah, we're jury still on Justin Fields, but man, it's like if they both hit, like there's still room to grow. Like that contract could be even more like that he has surplus on it. Like it, it could be like a really, really outstanding thing for him as well. I also think that we talked about this a hundred times when you have a 90 million, hundred million dollars in cap space, you yeah. can't and shouldn't spend that on free agents. What your weapon, when you have that sort of financial flexibility is cap space, not draft picks. So wielding that to get a player like this and essentially kind of fitting him in as a de facto free agent, all of that. It makes total sense when you think about all of the cap space that they had. So Dane, I'm curious from your point of view here, going down to nine, we're now out of the Will Anderson, Jalen Carter, you know, top, mm-hmm. top tier player consideration. And that was part of this conversation. But what do you think the Bears can do at nine with the players who might still be available? Yeah, and I think obviously you're hoping four quarterbacks go in the first eight picks. So that's going to just knock a good player down to you. Um, and are there any offensive linemen off the board at this point? There's a good chance there might not be. And then have their pick of whichever offensive lineman sits atop their draft board. Could it, It's Peter Skaronsky, the local kid, uh, whether it's a tackle or it's a guard, uh, or they could go with Broderick Jones, Paris Johnson, whatever tackle they have. So uh, offensive line to me is just it makes a ton of sense, but – does uh, Tyree Wilson, the defensive lineman from Texas Tech, does he fall there? I had Lucas Van Ness from Iowa, uh, another, another local Chicago area kid, uh, going there in my, my latest mock draft. I think, you know, when you think of polls, you think of upside. Uh, Lucas Van Ness fits a lot of that, especially when they want to where they want to get better on the defensive line. So it matches up well where, yeah, I think you'd love to stay within range of a Will Anderson, a Jalen Carter but they feel, I'm sure they feel pretty good about the offensive lineman that'll be there at nine or the defensive lineman that could be there. I, I think, uh, Dana, I want your thoughts on this. Is uh, Skronowski to me seems like a great fit. I, I can't wait to hear you and uh, say the say the last dude, name Skronowski for the month. And I, I can't that wait. Entire time you were talking, in my head I was saying Skronowski, 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 just <laughs> practicing his name. That's not but, what you said, by the way. That is absolutely no. not what you said. Sure, 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 Uh But uh, but with him is what I want your kind of thoughts on this is that kind of my theory, and I think actually going at number nine is a great area for him. That's exactly kind of where I think he should go in this draft just personally. But the fact that there are questions about his length and staying out of tackle, even though he is so skilled in the technician, I thought it actually makes a lot of sense for him matching with the bears because just getting the best five out there, no matter who else that you could plop in yeah. there and for a rebuilding unit or unit that just needs talent. I, I just thought that was a great pairing 
as you know, Paris Johnson has had time at guard and everything, but his future yeah. is probably going to be a tackle. And you know, the other ones all a lot of a lot of them need growth. I feel like in this class, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I really like Darnell Wright. I've actually been meaning to text you about that, um, but it's but just just that class. He just seems like a great fit. And I just was curious if like you kind of had similar feelings or kind of anything else to throw in there. Oh no, hundred percent. I think the position flex is that's key because you yeah. mentioned the the best five out there. Skaronski can play. The, the coaches at Northwestern legitimately have been telling scouts he can play any five. Uh, he, he's a left tackle for us, but you want him to play guard? That's fine. He has been snapping in practice. He could play center. So if you just want a high floor, high ceiling offensive lineman at number nine who can legitimately play any of those positions, I think nail in the head. Yeah, that that's Skaronski. I mean, the fact that he's a local kid just. It's, uh, you know, right. cherry on top. But uh, the fact that he is a plug and play uh, guy that's going to make your team better. Yeah, that's uh, it's a great fit. You also don't need to stay at nine. The last mm-hmm. time we've, t- we've t- seen teams do this, the Eagles moved down from six in that trade with the Dolphins and moved back up to 10 for Devontae Smith. When the Dolphins sure. went down to 12 in the Trey Lance trade, they moved back up to six. I don't want to spend see the Bears trade away future first round picks to go up for one player. But now you have ammo to be flexible. If you want to move up a spot or two, you have a couple extra picks down the line. You have the extra fourth from the Eagles. You have the extra fifth that you got from New England last year. They've got a lot of picks mm-hmm. in this year's draft that they can work with here. And if they want to trade down from nine, if you feel like, all right, there are four or five tackles who might be available 10 through 15 based on how the draft ends up falling. That's an option for you. If you want to use some of the free agent money that you have to sign a right tackle, or sign a guard and then use that pick on a pass rusher. It's all about flexibility. That that is the name of the game here. And it is what the previous regime did not do and why I'm excited. Who knows what the results are going to be, but the process of how they're getting here and how they're trying to build this thing, Nate, I think it's hard to argue with the steps they've taken to this point. Yeah. And we already said like the DJ Moore thing was, you know, the value of that, the fact that they even got a second, with that in 2025 instead of, you know, the 2025 first, I think that's just like, like you said, that's just giving you resources to do what you want to do. You already talked about weaponizing cap space, having picks and cap space as creative as you want to be. And as much foresight as you want to have, like that lets you do it. If you do it right. Like, and I, I think that's what they've done and I really like it. And even this draft um, that has kind of iffy top end talent, and then kind of like a, eye, a lot of eye of the beholder for each position, God, getting a lot of picks and like you said, maybe even moving back down from nine into the teens somewhere. If someone wants to bump up for a third or something like that, just getting more of these picks and then dart throws, dart throws, dart throws, or at least useful players. I'd much rather have take a chance on some second rounders that we like. Of which they have two now. Yes, as opposed to, mm. I like the guy, but Nick Morrow signed on a one-year deal. And okay, is he good? Uh, we don't know, but we moved on from him. Not someone that you're, it's a guy that you've tabbed as someone you can maybe build around. I just like it. It's it's we all talk about pivots, pivot points and ability to pivot on your your path as a team building. This is what this does. It just gives you so many more paths, so many more adventures that you could choose. All right, let's talk about the team that traded for the number one overall pick here. Dane, when you saw that it was Carolina, what were the first couple things that went through your head? Uh, it, it's going to be fascinating as we debate. It's it's almost like two years ago with the uh, 49ers. And we, okay, is it Trey Lance? Is it Mac Jones? Uh, I mean, I think you could make a case for any one of these four. Uh, I immediately started texting people and saying, all right, who is it? And I got back literally, I had someone at least mention one name. So no, nobody, the Panthers know. I, I 100% yeah. believe the Panthers know. 
uh, or at least they are 99% there. Uh, you know, they'll keep an open mind, see if someone can sway them, but they're 99% sure who they're taking. Um, but yeah, this is a Tepper move. This is straight from ownership. He, a guy that's tired of watching Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield and these guys out, he wants to go get a star. And now who is that going to be? I think you look at it and uh, if you ask me right now, we're what 50 days out from the draft. I, I would guess CJ Stroud is the, now the favorite. I think he is the one that they all can agree on. That's going to come in from day one, be the starter, give them a high floor and potentially a high ceiling. Uh, I think he makes uh, the most sense, but man, there's a lot of smoke around Anthony Richardson. It's a lot of thick smoke and I, it's wild to me, uh, you know, cause this is a guy that is, ideally you don't want him out there uh, as a rookie and it's a lot to give up for such a project, but man, he's fun. And you know, I, the cam comparisons, that'll be a, a talking point with Carolina. Um, but you know, it's maybe it's cause he didn't throw and work out at the combine, but Bryce Young feels like he's getting the least amount of uh, run right now. It's kind of crazy how that works. So uh, I'm, I'm sure that'll change here as we go through the next few weeks, but uh, yeah, it's going to be fun debating. But if I had to guess, I would say Stroud at this point. Nate, I, I think we talked about the Panthers a lot as a possibility here for a bunch of mm -hmm. different reasons. Obviously, the owner has some urgency. We've seen him mm -hmm. display that multiple different times over the last couple of years. And I think that the GM and the coach have been scarred a little bit by how the last couple of seasons have gone for them. Frank Reich having to cycle between Philip Rivers and then Carson mm -hmm. Wentz and then Matt Ryan and what the Panthers have done when they sat there with the eighth overall pick in the 2021 draft and said, oh man, if we sign Sam Darnold or trade for Sam Darnold, we can get a quarterback and JC Horn. Right. And then you get on a whole different sort of quarterback merry-go-round that they've wanted to get off. So I understand how all the parties involved here are motivated to make this happen for the Panthers, but this is your swing, man. That this, yeah. is, this is it. Like you get one shot at this and they're about to take it. I, I'm glad you brought up Frank Reich too, because that's exactly it. He probably as Tepper's like, we got to get a guy. He's like, I agree. Yeah, he's like, I, I agree. agree. <laughs> yeah, let's do it, buddy. Um, and Dana, in, in your last mock, and I love the pairing, and I think it was you had the Panthers moving up to four, I believe. Yeah. And mm -hmm. and I love the pairing of Anthony Richardson and Brissett, Jacoby right. Brissett, and I just love that. A lot of that makes sense to me, and I think Jacoby Brissett has kind of gotten underrated as what he is as a great stopgap quarterback and great teammate a teacher of the game, like he's been around other good coaches. I, I I just love that pairing. And number one, it's interesting though. And that's the thing that's number four. And it's like, okay, this is straddling both worlds. And we're talking about that. Uh, but to me, it's, and I think the betting odds did move up to Stroud, like minus three fifty as like the favorite. Yeah, he's the favorite now. Yeah. Right now. Sure. And it seems to me like a classic. I think I'm sure every quarterback has fans in that room where it's like the coaches like Stroud, the personnel mm -hmm. like Richardson, and the owner likes the guy that sells tickets, which would be Bryce Young. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of, it feels like a classic one of those situations. So I'm curious who wins out, but it's, it, I, it's eye of the beholder draft. I'm telling, and Dane knows this as well, but especially at quarterback, all these guys have a lot of positives, but they all have a couple things, red flags, or if you think it's a red flag, how big is the red flag? So I, it's just really interesting who's going to win out in that, because I can make the argument for any of them. During the season, I was told that, Levis, Will Levis from Kentucky was the guy that the Panthers were really looking at because they thought they yeah. would be bad, but not bad enough. So they would yeah. be in range for a Will Levis. And the fact that they made this move, to me, that I mean, it tells me that they they love one of these guys. And it right. probably isn't Levis, but I, I think you know, your, your point is spot on about, okay, who's really the driving force here with the decision? Right. 
ownership has a loud voice in that room. Uh, but you know, Frank Reich, obviously, you're you're going to listen to what he has to say. Josh McCown is now in that uh, decision making process, uh, at least in some way. So I, it, it's really interesting to see how it's going to play out. Dan, what do you think is the argument for CJ Stroud? If, if that's the gut feeling, and most people have said that to you, and he's now the betting favorite, what would that yeah. argument look like? If you were standing on the table in that room and making the case for Stroud, how would it sound? I, I think you're getting a professional um, because he understands a lot of the intricacies of playing quarterback. Uh, he's very accurate. It's very natural to him. Um, he doesn't strain with his throws. He, he's a guy that understands where to go with the football pre and post snap. Um, and it just it's, it comes very natural to him. Now, the biggest thing, you know, we talked about the lack of creativity, the lack of off schedule plays. Uh, but then, you know, it goes out the Georgia tape and uh, all of a sudden, hey, I can do a little bit of that. And yeah. so, you know, it gives you a little bit of optimism that, hey, this is, can be him moving forward. So, yeah, with Stroud, uh, there's, you know, I, I think you feel good about the floor and then how he develops with that creativity will determine, ultimately determine the ceiling uh, at the next level. So, uh, you know, I, I think he's the guy that everyone can agree on. And I, I made that argument with the Colts with uh, when you have, you know, Ballard and Steichen and, uh, and the ownership with Ursay. I think it's the same thing. The same argument applies uh, for the Panthers, where you've got all these qualified voices uh, in the room debating these guys. Stroud feels like the one that they all can agree on. You know what? That he makes our team better. We have a professional at the quarterback position that we've been looking for. And if we build around him, he will help us compete for the division and for playoff wins. So to me, that's why Stroud just makes the most sense. Nate, it's interesting to me because part of the argument that we had about why Carolina was such a hospitable place for one of these young quarterbacks and why I was like, yeah, they should absolutely make their play because what they can give him is different than a lot of teams typically picking in the top 10 and typically searching for a franchise quarterback. But now you've removed mm -hmm. the number one receiving option from that equation. So I think they're looking for pass catchers, even though the mm -hmm. offensive line is pretty good. So in a way, this trade kind of changes the circumstances that the Panthers are in because DJ Moore is no longer there. That's no, not the absolutely. most important thing, but I, I kept coming back to that when I was thinking about it. It's a big it. variable, though, and that's what we said. We I liked a young guy there because I, the whole line is good, legitimately good, and Iki Kwanu looks like a star, especially in the second half of the season, and they were very well coached. They kept the line coach. And so that's why I, even for Richardson or any rookie quarterback, why I liked it first and foremost, I think the pockets will be clean. I think that's, it's a real big thing for a guy developing, even for Stroud, who I agree mm -hmm. with Dane is the cleanest of these prospects. I, I can envision him as an NFL quarterback, the easiest, which is so crazy to say. It sounds weird, but that's what it looks like when you watch him play. But the pass catching options, you got Levinska Chenault, Terrence Marshall, uh, you know, it's not great. And tight ends aren't, aren't amazing either you know they're fine players I, I like tommy tremble but he's not that type of dude um and you know the running backs they have to figure out as well but the defense is really good where that's going to be the crux of this team that's going to be the real you know starting point with this team i think that defense is going to be a legit bar moving defense and i think the offense it's now you're kind of maybe kicking the can to find the weapons down the road are they looking in the free agency market now as well like that that's interesting to me because that's why i really like the panthers and what they could be this next year because they had dj Moore as a true number one receiver so it's just funny that as you answer one question potentially you open up more question marks for yourself to answer yeah, and they still have the 39th overall pick. They kept yeah. their second-round pick, so if they want to draft a receiver there, I mean, they still have outlets to find that guy. It's just not as ready-made as it would have been with DJ Moore in that spot. Dane, the last team I wanted to ask you about, it feels like the loser here 
is Indianapolis. Yep. Because now if quarterbacks are going to go one, two, if you don't love three guys, if you're a little bit worried about the guy you're going to end up with, what do you think the Colts are thinking right now? Now knowing that a trade space guy is probably going number one that they might've liked. Yeah. And I mean, let's Arizona at three has to be feeling pretty good. Yeah. You know, because with quarterback, we know quarterbacks are going one. We think a quarterback's going two. It's not a certainty, but mm-hmm. I think maybe it's likely. I think it's fair to say that. And then if there's one of these other quarterback needy teams, whether it's the Raiders, uh, possibly the Seahawks, although probably not, uh, you know, if you're sitting there at four and you're the Colts, you're wondering, okay, who's, is someone going to leapfrog us? And if they do, then what's left for us? And, you know, what is their, what is their quarterback quarterback uh, board look like? Uh, can they survive something like that? And so do they feel compelled to, Hey, let's give up a, a third and two thirds, whatever it takes to move up one spot, uh, you know, and, and the Cardinals, you know, basically get you know an extra pick or two. So yeah, if you're Chris Ballard, obviously you didn't want to, and he, he kind of laid the groundwork for this at the combine and kind of said how, Hey, you know, we, we don't feel like we need to trade up. You know, we, I mean, basically laying the groundwork for, Hey, we probably will get outbid. And if we do, uh, it, you know, it's going to be okay. We think, but you know, it's they're, they're <laughs> right. probably themselves. Yeah. Right. Cause you're probably not moving to two, right. It, you know, yeah. Texans aren't going to, aren't going to deal with you for a quarterback, especially. Right. So yeah, if you're the Colts, it, it becomes a, a situation where you're just going to, you know, pray that maybe a quarterback doesn't go to, or uh, you know, hopefully someone doesn't trade up to three or maybe they feel like they have to trade up. So it's, it's Colts situation got a lot more interesting. Funny, I'm, I'm laughing at just Arizona. It's like now the uh-huh. the great seat right now. It's funny how it just shifts just like that. Just as soon, as, especially in a one-two draft, just like that. You were talking about sliding doors, by the way, and talking about what Lovey and everything paying back. Just imagine, remember the Jets Jaguars a few years ago as well. That's it, exactly. That's <laughs> just franchise changing. Well, the, wins and losses, I should say, but it, it, it sometimes works out for you. The, the if the yeah, if that if that doesn't happen, I mean the the Jets are in the playoffs this year with Trevor Lawrence as their starter. I mean it's just it's amazing how these these little things in week seventeen or week eighteen drastically changes the the trajectory of franchises. Right. And who knows what that trajectory will look like for Chicago? And my mm-hmm. biggest question was, can you do what you can this offseason to build up the infrastructure on the rest of your roster? Can you make sure that you have? a ready-made pass catching room. Can you use the free agent money and maybe some of those picks to rebuild the offensive line in one fell swoop, the way that we've seen teams like the chargers and the chiefs do over the last few seasons. And then again, all of that extra excess money, whatever, can you find a couple pieces on defense to start to build this thing the right way while giving yourself flexibility into next year's draft? Can we come away from the 2023 season and say, I know what I think about Justin Fields. He is the guy or he's not. And if he's not, I have an ability to pivot off that. Yeah, and that's yeah. where they are. As that's we it. sit here right now at 632 Central Time on March 10th, it feels like Ryan Poles has done that. We can hem and haul over whether he got mm-hmm. enough for as the rest of the night. But I think if those are your goals, they have accomplished the first steps of those, in my opinion. No doubt. And one, one last point on the Colts. Does this change maybe their thinking on how they would – uh, possibly kick the tires on a Lamar Jackson trade. I think it has to. I, I, it, it does. I mean, great call, Dan. Yep. Because you're looking at your options now, and you have to be wide open. You have to be open-minded about okay, we could go this direction, we go this direction. And 
I, the Lamar Jackson trade might be there, you know, especially for a guy like Chris Ballard who can't afford to wait. He's got to do something now. And that might be their best option moving forward as they look at uh, what's presented to them. That's a great call. It's, it's, that's such a great call. That's yeah. actually a really funny variable and all this that, that, Hey, Lamar, Hey, they weren't one of the teams tweeting out that they're not at the table. <laughs> so they, they might be okay yeah. to keep that door open. I got to tell you, I'm so glad this happened now. And even if it's a Friday, it's done. I can stop worrying about right. it over. We still got plenty of ways to feed the content beast with what the Panthers <laughs> might do here over the next two right. months. It didn't happen next Friday when I'm off. That's the last thing that I wanted. It's just like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Everything worked out in a perfect way. I am a happy man. I am going to be just in a great mood for the rest of the night in part because you guys were able to do this with me boys. Thank you very, very much for scrambling on a Friday evening and joining me for this. And thank you to everyone who stopped by to hang out with us. We will be back on Monday. God damn. I am so glad we did not record Monday's show oh already. God, right. That would have been a disaster. We were going to record that on Sunday. I will be with Nate. So please be on the lookout for that on Monday. We are doing our first free agency recap show live on YouTube. 2.30 p.m. Central, 3.30 p.m. Eastern, recapping the first day of the tampering period. So please come back and check that out. Dane, I believe you are going to have a new mock-up soon. That a top, yeah, a, a top 10. So, yeah, what, what does this mean? What you know? How the, the dominoes are going to affect the rest of the teams in the top 10? Yeah, that'll be up uh, probably some point tonight on The Athletic. Athletic.com slash football show is where you can get a subscription if you do not have one. For now, that is all we got. Thank you to our producer, Alex Hample, for jumping on in a way that he did not need to. Really appreciate you guys putting in the extra work. And thanks to all of you for spending the time with us. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you.